We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And we had the All-Star Game last weekend. LeBron James moves to 5-0 and as the team captain and hits the dagger fadeaway as the game winner. They had a beautiful Top 75 ceremony. Mike, I thought it was a, a great weekend, but certainly filled with some drama and intrigue from the Lakers' perspective. What were your takeaways from this All-Star weekend? Yeah, LeBron certainly was the only guy for, on this current team that was there, right? Because AD, uh, because of all the injuries and stuff, and he didn't even get the injury replacement. So he was there. And then, of course, all of the Laker greats. I, I know that hopefully you guys saw that picture, right? With yeah. everybody, and, uh, which was pretty awesome. So that's a whole nother thing, the whole the 75. And I think we'll get to some of that later. But LeBron's presence there of course, loomed large uh, other than when Jordan came out right at the end. And like that weekend, a lot of it was going to be about LeBron James and the game itself. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on, but I want to hit on one thing. So LeBron played 36 minutes and 15 seconds. The only player that played close to that alongside him was Steph and Steph, of course, of 16 threes. And, you know, LeBron though was picking his spots, right? He took 11 of his 24 shots from three, uh, he was it was a little bit like a regular season game from this year for LeBron. The numbers look about the same, like 24 points, eight assists, three turnovers, he has three steals. And it's just a you know, it's not quite like Giannis. Meanwhile, is 15 for 21 right now. He's helped by the fact that it's an all star game to some extent. The defense isn't really going to be locked in. There's no wall being built in transition right, for Giannis. So a lot of those are just him running down and dunking. But it's just it got me thinking about. LeBron in the context, not just of this year and down the stretch, but also next year. And some of the chatter that's coming out and partly from interviews that LeBron did are what's going to happen later in his career. And, you know, if he wants to play with his son, we already knew that if the door is open or shut to go somewhere else, potentially. And I'm I find myself, guys, much more interested just in in how this season plays out and most specifically next year, because LeBron is going to be. A Laker next year. So there's so much that can happen between even now and then 
that I'm not as interested in all this stuff, but maybe maybe there was something that you guys picked up on that did pique your interest more uh, That in that context of all of the stuff that was going on with LeBron. I mean, with respect to his comments, it's it's kind of a perfect storm of like you got to feed the content beast all the time and having a week off between games. There's a certain combination of like Lakers palace intrigue will always get a certain amount of engagement. LeBron palace intrigue will always get a certain amount of engagement separate of that. And so when you have both and clutch and the front office and all of that, everybody's going to write their two cents on basically the same story to get the engagement from it. That said, there were a couple things that perked my ears up, right? His comments about Sam Presti, his comments about possibly returning to Cleveland. And I'm with you, Mike, in that, like, that is far enough away to where, like, D, I have to, I, I feel like we have to do our jobs. And if we can, you know, like, if we can build a, a team around him, right, that can compete, which has not been the case this year, then we're fine. And if we can't, then, like, of course he would look elsewhere, you know? And, and so that said, like, it's kind of a bummer to me that we played probably our best week of basketball going into the break, but such a, a an accumulation of frustration throughout the year. And then you have a week off for all of, you know, this type of stuff to percolate. Well, I would add too that the game was in Cleveland. Right. Yeah. If you listen to the whole answer. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. LeBron's from Akron. The last seven years or so in his return to Cleveland, I would say after he left the heat, there was very much that distinction of like, it's not hometown boy anymore, right? Like at first it was like, oh, like hometown, I'm playing for my hometown team. And then when he came back from Miami, it was more like, hey, you know, I'm actually from Akron and a lot mm-hmm. of Akron, Akron, Akron stuff. And anyways, that, that's neither here nor there. So the idea of like flirty LeBron, wandering eye LeBron, like, oh, yeah, I'm always looking for the best situation for me, LeBron. Like, yeah, water's wet. Right, he's, we knew that. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. LeBron James. He left the Cavs to go to Miami. He left Miami to go back to the Cavs. And then he left the Cavs to go play for the Lakers. Lakers fans should not have this idea of like, he's ours. Right. Lakers fans will always embrace LeBron. He brought them a championship and he was a steward for them during probably one of the roughest years the organization has ever had as a franchise in Los Angeles with everything that happened that season. And that whole idea of like broad shoulders LeBron, that's an idea that I'll hold on to forever. And so if LeBron isn't a Laker in four years and he's teaming up like Ken Griffey Sr. did with Junior to play on some random team, like, go on, man. Like, I'm a cheer for you forever. And that's a, that's a nice kind of eloquent way of putting what I was thinking and didn't say to start at Darius. And like, whatever LeBron wants to do with his career moving forward, and hopefully that's with the Lakers, like whatever he wants to do, he has earned the right and has done it before and can, and can do that. Right. And so that's, I guess that's what I meant by I'm thinking of, but for next year and what this roster is going to be, to me, it's all about what moves do the Lakers make and not to look past this current season, but they can't make other moves. Just to tack on to that point, Mike, like the comments about Sam Presti and like the like on Instagram or the retweet of like the shirt showing the Rams GM where it was just like where he had traded all of those picks and like 
Brian Windhorst had a great article about this, about like, this is LeBron James, Mike. Like, he is going to apply a certain amount of pressure on his current organization in order to feel the winner. And that idea that you're talking about, about next year and the bridge between this year and next year and what kind of run can they make, if one at all, the rest of this season? And how do they position themselves to be the team that LeBron can compete on in order to win a championship next season? That's a... That's a crucial idea, and we should be looking at it from the perspective of not the palace intrigue of where will he go and all of this. It's from our perspective, and this is what we've always done on this pod for the last year and a half, is what can the Lakers do to build the best team that they possibly can? And that is, that's always the focus. And LeBron sort of having these comments only makes makes that stuff a little bit more of a like oh well look at lebron but the idea is always the same for the lakers you're either competing for a championship or you're not and this year is one of those years where they're not and so how do you get back to being the team that that actually is and i think that's the most important part here some of these ideas merge to me then and a lot of the thoughts that that were coming out over the break and pete referenced some of the articles were you know, this camp is feels this way, right? And the the inaction at the trade deadline. So I was on the conference call with Rob Palinka, and I think that Rob Palinka would have absolutely loved to have made X amount of moves, right? And they didn't find one that was good enough to make it. And so they didn't make a move. But so is there frustration from that on all sides? I'm sure uh, from the Lakers side, and that's not to separate LeBron or LeBron's agency or or what people think about that. The whole point to me is this summer, and I think that the motivation on all sides of that is to try and get the Lakers immediately back into title contention, which is where they always want to be. And it's just, the, Pete, then the question is, though, how how do you do that? And that's that's for another podcast. I'm just trying to take away what was actually significant and it's going to impact the team for these coming games starting on Friday night and can the Lakers make this run? Can Anthony Davis get back with and find a way to get close to himself with what his injury is? How much does LeBron have in the tank for this type of a season? And all of these things are, are to me primary to, to, you know, what is going to ultimately happen in the future of LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. And the thing about the future is it's, determined by a collection of today's. And I think that being in that present moment, one of my concerns is this idea of looking too far down the road with this team, because I do think that how we end this season will be informative toward going into next season. Let's take a quick break here. And come. Uh, and when we come back, I want to talk about some of those concerns that I have uh, in bridging the present into that future. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I feel like last offseason, we threw some of the baby away with the bathwater because of the injuries in particular. And I think that that we are in, an, if nothing else, these last 25 games or however many games we have left is an evaluation period that's really necessary in determining where we go from here. And first of all, I think that give me a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a 0-0 game series, and I think we can at least make it interesting. It's just that we haven't had that, and I think that a lot of the decisions that we've made, even over the last two years, Mike, you started the pod talking about kind of how the game went, that All-Star game went, where LeBron is picking his spots at the end, but it, you know Steph is hitting 16 threes, Giannis is being a monster. Obviously, it's an All-Star game, but it is sort of a, I think that was a framework for this year, right? Like, Russell Westbrook is going to absorb a lot of the usage, and LeBron can pick his spots and he is and he has been more efficient he's had his best scoring year in in several seasons but I think that that's kind of like the idea that LeBron doesn't have to do it for a full 82 and but the thing is Mike that was supposed to be Anthony Davis that was stepping up to kind of absorb more of that I'm going to be the number one guy and so the absence of him makes me concerned about like if we don't have AD to step in and do that that causes a whole cascade of events where it's like this player isn't good enough to step into that void that player isn't you know what I'm saying and so I think we have to be very careful about that totally this is the and this is the conundrum the Lakers have been in since so the what was it that they were 21 and 6 last year when AD went down for the first time Mm-hmm. And AD wasn't having his best AD season, but he was still out there every night. And he was still like, he was, he was good enough for that. And over, he was going to certainly have to pick his game up, but he let us know with his comments on media day that he was not ready physically. His body was not ready. We saw that this year. I think a lot of the optimism that I had was not necessarily just about Westbrook, but it was about AD, a full off season. Here he comes. Like, here's the chance to get back to it. And he started the season pretty well, but the Lakers were, for a number of reasons, LeBron was the first one to go out, then AD goes out, then coronavirus hits the entire team, and it just the season has been a mess from that standpoint. And now comes 
AD was just starting to, it seemed like, make that make that push. But he, like the team, has had no continuity in what he's been able to do on the court. And that has underscored a lot of what's been going on. And to me, it makes it that much more difficult for him to come back and find that just ahead of a playoff run when he hasn't played. And it's not like he's able to do it. That's the kind of injury with a midfoot sprain. It's not an ankle sprain. It's a little bit different. Like it's a, They said it's a month and they're, then they're going to talk about it and reevaluate it. And usually when you say a month to reevaluate, that doesn't mean you're back in a month, right? That means that it could be a little bit longer after that. And it's going to be longer, Mike. Well, 100%. It's, it's of course going to be longer. And guess what? A month from now, take add two weeks onto that, even if that's just conservatively to kind of, then you're into April. And you have what, like six games left? And then the play-in? In a play-in game, talk about not having any time into getting up to full speed. So it's injuries, and specifically to AD, to a, a lesser extent LeBron, have really doomed these last two seasons more than anything else. And not being able to rely on AD as that availability is the best availability thing has really has really uh, risen, uh, sort of brought up a bunch of of questions about then even next season. So that's that's the part that, to me that sucks the most is that they just haven't been able to get that health uh, from AD and, and have us have a chance to see if he can be that guy to totally take a lot of that burden off LeBron so LeBron can pick his spots like he did in the All-Star game. Yeah, so here's the thing, and I think that this is a bridge of ideas here, even as we were talking about the bridge between ideas, right? And so it's like the little Russian doll of bridges here. But AD is always going to be, he can be a high usage big, but he's not a super shot creator, I play on the perimeter sort of big the way that like Jokic or Giannis is. Those guys are fulcrums of an offense in a way that AD is way more finisher than he is creator. Now, AD can create his own shot. He's really good at it from the mid post and he can shoot jumpers and he can post you up and he can do a lot of different stuff. But there's what's made AD such a tantalizing player and a sure Hall of Famer. And speaking of the 75 anniversary team, a member of that team, one of the few guys under the age of 30 that made that team, and so that tells you how good of a player he actually is, is that the Lakers are always going to need another shot creator. It, it's like that idea of LeBron maybe wanting that guy and 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 like the the whispers and the rumors that you might hear around like, oh, well, LeBron wanted a player like Russ and that idea, Pete, of like usage guy. Yeah, let's get one of those guys. Well, look at the guys that LeBron has won every other title except for 2020 with. His number three guy was always big. He was always that. Like guys like Love and Bosch could get their own bucket, certainly, right? But it was Wade and Kyrie who yes. were able to. And so in and of themselves, they were those guys. They were those ball handlers in a way that I think speaks to your point that AD is not. And so having the big as the number two guy kind of creates different needs in that third spot. And so this goes back to your point about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Dennis Schroeder was not my type of player. He just wasn't. And so I was fine with him not returning to, to this team. That said, if your number three is a player like Dennis Schroeder, right? A guy who can absorb usage, a guy who can run your offense, a guy who can get other players involved, a guy who can partner with Anthony Davis, like basically a 82 game version of playoff Rondo, right? 
that's the ideal player here. He is that player is the bridge player between LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's someone who can capably get you 15 points a night, but can also get you eight assists and can also be like, yeah, guess what? LeBron, you can we're going to win the minutes or at least play them even when you're not in the game. Right. And I can partner with you to play this style. I can partner with that guy to play this style. And I can help raise the floor of the team in in a significant way while being a 20 to 25 usage guy, not a 28 to 32 usage guy. Because that's a, that's a whole other tier. Taking on those those extra possessions ruins you if you're not good enough as as a player, right? There's a reason why Mo Williams was never going to be like the fulcrum of or a pillar of an NBA offense, but he sure as hell could play next to LeBron James. But there's a massive gap between a Mo Williams and a Kyrie Irving, even if they are both like guys who are basically one side of the ball players, right? I'm not going to incorporate Wade here because Wade was a whole different type of dude. And, and, and so if if we're talking about what the next season and a half looks like and sort of feeling honestly bad about where Anthony Davis is, we still also need to slot AD appropriately and not be like, oh yeah, well, guess what? You're going to be our Kareem. It's just like, no, no, the league isn't that anymore. It's not illegal defense. Everyone has to play above the foul line and I get to isolate in the post for 15 seconds in order to get a shot. That That's not the game. AD is going to need, and AD's game is not the type of game either where it's like, yeah, run everything through me. I handle double teams. I I pass like Bill Walton. I, that's not his game either. Let's not ask AD to be things he's not. And let's supplement the roster in real ways that can help LeBron James, but also help Anthony Davis. And to me, that's the key when you forecast 18 months forward. We've been wanting to have this uh uh, an episode on the three through seven on this roster might even drag it out to three through eight in terms of the you know third through through seventh and eighth best players we'll probably do that tomorrow let's take another break and when we come back i want to bring it back to this weekend because we did have that wonderful top 75 ceremony where we got to see a lot of the legends in in the same place so when we come back i want to get your guys thoughts on that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guys, it was so cool to see everybody in the same place. We had that picture of the Laker legends, although it was, couldn't help but think of, of Kobe, you know, uh, 
seeing all those guys there. But uh, yeah, it was just a really beautiful weekend seeing everybody in, in one place. Unfortunately, not everyone could make it. Mike, you grew up, you're the one of us, uh, one, you're the one guy of the three of us that did not grow up as a Laker fan. And so a lot of my nostalgia, especially certainly revolved around those Laker guys. I'm very curious to hear your takeaways of having so many of the game's legends in one place. Well, and Pete, look, you can't blame me for that. It wasn't my fault. Okay. I, I didn't, I just hadn't seen the light yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually have Minnesota. this theory. I have this theory, Mike, that the differences in your and I basketball perspectives come from me growing up on a guard and a center and you growing up on two big wings. I think that's part of the reason why we <laughs> anyway, that is to be explored at, at another time. Mike, your path, though, does mirror the Lakers. Yeah. Minnesota hey. boy goes west that's and, right. and then settles in Los Angeles and sees the light. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you don't hear a lot of stories about people kind of getting getting out here and then being like, eh, I'm good. I don't need the Lakers. I'm <laughs> yeah, it, that's fine. So, no, but my my story was about Michael Jordan. Like that was – I also – again, the, growing up in Minnesota in the 80s meant there was no Timberwolves even. They didn't have a team. Timberwolves started in 1989. So we had WGN and that was a – I don't know if it was the whole nation. I think it – but it, it was. It, was, it basically it. was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So it was the whole nation. So you could watch the Bulls and the Cubs. And because I didn't have cable, you know, at, at when I was that young and I so I was f- a full on Jordan cult member. I had all the sneakers. We every time my parents asked us where we wanted to go on vacation, I would ask if we could drive to Chicago to so go to Michael Jordan's restaurant. And so that was that was me. And so I'm still of that generation, especially where you saw the difference. If you watched it when Jordan came out. It just, it's just different. It's just different. He is even compared to, he followed Magic Johnson and got twice the ovation. Magic Johnson, a fellow top five, you know, player of all time and still the largest personality in almost every room he's ever been in. And then Mike comes out and Magic is just kind of like giggling. You know, it's, it's just different. It just is different. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. And then to transition this into the, as Pete already referred to, the bummer part of this and just the still kind of devastating thing of thinking about how much it, how awesome it would have been in 20 years, in 30 years for all for whoever the next the next guy that isn't even the NBA yet to come out there and to see Kobe, Kobe with gray hair, you know, and that part is so difficult uh, to to me. And it's, and it's always going to be that way. Whenever I watch anything uh, historically, there's this massive void. Uh, that's here with Kobe Bryant. And that was tough. That was tough to watch. Not having him, this goes back to even when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and now this sort sort of thing. It's good to see Vanessa at these events. And I'm glad that the league is really sort of keeping that arm out. And um, we had the Kobe Bryant Yes. The Kobe Bryant Award uh, for the MVP of the All-Star Game. Yeah, and yeah. then even like the Kobe and Gigi stuff around like the WNBA advocacy. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, you. it's very difficult to tell Kobe Bryant's story in general with, with everything that, that happened. But it's almost equally as hard to tell the story of the National Basketball Association without talking about Kobe Bryant and his influence on the league from the time that he came into the NBA as basically the first prep to pros guard and the significance that he carried playing for the Lakers, 
Mike. And that idea of like Malik Monk made some comments like over the weekend that were published, like everyone wants to play for the Lakers. Like that's the dream. And if someone says different, I think they're lying. Basically, like this is where you want to play. And one of the reasons of that is because like, Mike, when you talked about the top 75 players and Pete, you mentioned all of like the Lakers picture. And it was really, that was really Shaq and Jerry West and all of those guys who were still around, right? But guess what? You know, Wilt Chamberlain, may he rest in peace well, he would have been there. Bob McAdoo played for the Lakers as well. He was there as well, but he's there as like a member of the Buffalo Braves, right? And now he's an assistant coach for for the Miami Heat. Carl Malone even had a season with the Lakers. George Mikan and all of these, like these are the names of the NBA. And, and so I think about all of that. And then I remember, and I'm sure both of you do as well. I remember the 50 anniversary team. Mm-hmm. Very well. And, and I remember seeing those guys all, all together and seeing this group of guys, the 75 anniversary team, and you add guys like Dwayne Wade and KG and Paul Pierce. Like those are guys that like as Laker fans, we're just like KG, Paul Pierce, but they are in that sphere. They are guys that's just like, they are the story of the league too. Like, I don't know if you caught that IG post of KG giving super side eye to Ray Allen as Ray Allen walked by and gave dap to LeBron. Like, yo, there's all of that stuff where it's just like, man, all these dudes together and all of the battles and all of the wars. Mm-hmm. And then being able to be like, okay, well, we still hold on to some of that. Like, I still don't like you. And then some of that is like, oh, I ain't seen you in a minute. Like, oh, I'm going to give you daps. Like when Jordan gave his hug to Dennis Rodman and it and he was like sort of like shaking his belly like, hey, like where'd that come from? That wasn't there when we were boys and you were helping me win. There's so much of that where it's just like, this is great. It's great. And Pete, one of the to, to again kind of bring this back to Kobe, he's one of the few guys that I think could have really bridged that kind of conversation with anybody there because he mm. knew all about all the guys, the, all the old guys. Yeah. Right. So he could have gone, he could have had a conversation with Jerry West uh, and even, even to the generation behind Jerry West. And then he's right there with, with the young guys where he was more engaged with a lot of the young guys than Mike was mm-hmm. where, whereas Jordan always had this, he, and he still does Jordan. You're always going to be a little bit at arm's length with Michael Jordan, but Kobe for being that great and being in that top five conversation at the end of his career turned into this ambassador where like, he's still the guy where all these dudes wear his shoes, man. And it's like McMenamin uh, wrote a great story where, and and I'm a part of this by the way, and trying to get Kobe's whenever I can, like it's when (laughs) it's like a big issue for a lot of these players that don't have, that can't get all the Kobe's that they want to have. And we'll spend ungodly amounts of money to try and make sure that happens. And that's just the shoe. So, that those kind of moments where LeBron's hugging Jordan, wh- who would have been one of the few guys who could have gone up to both of them and just kind of put his arms around both of them. And er- er- anyone else, mm. anyone else, they would have just been like, dude, just, okay, that's great that you're here, Kevin McHale, you know, but like, just we're talking. Okay. Yeah. The inner circle of the inner circles talking right now. Yep. And there isn't a room that Kobe couldn't have gone into there. I love that. 
perspective of there not being a room he could have gone into because he was a student. He could have spoken on those who have passed, Elgin and Wilt and Mikan, right? He was he knew all of those guys from the perspective of a historian. And he knows all of the guys from today's game from the perspective of a mentor. And everywhere in between, he battled with MJ, even though he looked up to him. They had their their wars toward the end of the end of his career. And everywhere in between. And and so yeah, it's bittersweet. I I can't talk about it too much without getting choked up, but uh, but yeah, the big takeaway, like, I'm sorry, but on a lighter note, like watching that, I I can't tell you how many times somebody walked out. I was like, oh my guys are so old. I remember this guy soaring through the sky and freaking dunking on you, and like George Gervin came out. He had to button up his jacket. He got a little bit of a belly. I can relate, you know? And I was like, that was the Iceman, D. That was hey, man. one thing I can do is finger roll. He was gliding through this. And so just like, it, it's a way of kind of aging ourselves, right? Is seeing yes. those guys uh, in, in, in the present day. No, it's like looking, I don't know. I did this very recently. Like, um, y'all, y'all remember this, but um, a buddy of mine who had passed away over, over Labor Day weekend, and I was like digging through, looking for pictures of us, right, to like be a part of this collage and and everything else. And it sent me down this rabbit hole of looking through pictures in general, right? And so we're of the generation where, or I know that you guys are probably like this too, where, where no, not all this stuff is on my phone, right? And so I actually have to go into (laughs) it. So I actually have to go into a picture book and like, and we kept photos, we kept photo albums. And I have, and we have envelopes that we sent to a place like Walgreens, right? And they would develop our pictures for us that were taken on actual film. And then we've got a bunch of pictures just in an envelope. And so I was just looking through all of these old pictures, man, pictures of like my wife when she was a kid. And, and we started sent like taking pictures of pictures and texting them to like family friends and, and, and being like, Hey, remember this? And so it's my wife with her sisters and one of their family friends and they're in Lake Tahoe and, or they're on vacation, they're in Vancouver, or they're in this other place. And then I'm looking through these old pictures of me and my brother and all of this other stuff. And it's just like, oh, man. And what I took away from this sort of anniversary team is all of these dudes are now in the same place and they get to sort of see each other. And just like you were saying, Pete, like we get to see, it was like opening up a picture book and seeing all of my, all of my memories just right there, but in real life. And yes, they're older and they're grayer, but it's just like, oh, did I recoil a little bit when I see Kevin McHale? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I don't like you. Yeah. Right. Like you were, you were a dude who I was just (laughs) like, nah, man, like get the hell out of here. You're Kevin McHale. But Along the same line. So like some of that stuff does fade when you're a fan. It's like, okay. And, and you, in your own way, like you, you, you show that respect. Right. And so I, I could name all of these dudes like off, off of the top of my head, but you see a Dominique or you see a George Gervin or you see a Bill Walton or you see any of these guys where it's just like, man, 
I remember seeing you, even if it was at a different part of your career, right? So like Bill Walton, the 1970s legend, he wins a title with with the Blazers in the 70s. But I remember him from 86. Mm -hmm. And I remember the sort of like the reverence that people held, like the regard they held him in when he was old. And he was not the same dude, but he still contributed to a championship team with well with Boston. And it's sort of just like, man, the stages that these guys walk through and the greatness and the heights that they're able to reach and seeing them all together and sharing the stories of of what it meant to be that good. Right. Like there's no other place in time where you're going to gather all of these dudes who over the span of, of generations we're literally the top 1% of the top 1% at what they did. And there they all are, Mike. And I think that's one thing that's special about the NBA also is that the sheer size or lack thereof of the rosters, and this is where it's different from baseball or football, there just aren't that many guys over the years. So, so we can keep better track of these guys. Like that's where every single guy that came out, uh, I can name and and there's some connection to somebody else also. There's Each guy has some level of six degrees of separation. And part of that, in the past, a lot of that went through the college game where these guys all went to certain schools. And remember, like Cupcheck, of course, would always talk about the UNC family and uh, James Worthy's still always talking about it. Now, uh, maybe part of that is with the, the AAU culture to some extent or some of these teams, the guys around USA basketball being involved. But it's a, we can we can wrap our hands around it. And that's what's, nostalgia is important in that in that sense and so Darius like for me I was the guy in our college friend group that would buy the disposable cameras and then go get them developed at whatever the CVS the Walgreens and and I would make doubles and kind of hand out copies and I still have all of the albums in my garage so whenever one of my buddies from Northwestern comes out I break out the albums and it's like the greatest time ever compared to now like it is great to have it on the phone you can text it all around but there's something about digging them up Mm-hmm. And when you do the, oh, yeah, that's right. The, the, that nostalgia element is something that I think has united humankind, right? Since, the, since we were able to write stuff down in books. And so that's all part of it. And the, the way that it's wound Pete into the NBA fab, uh, fabric to me is, is special. And we got us, that's what the 75 thing was, the sense of that. Really beautifully said, both of you guys. Let's hope we're around for 100, right? In, in 25 years, still, still doing what we're doing. But in the short term, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow, talk some Lakers roster depth. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. And Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. They will. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Miss it. Unbelievable. For the victory. It's over.
five. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.